Okay, I think we're good. Yes. Yep. This is the legend of the nightingale. <coughs> they tell of a person who lived in a country where there were no birds. He traveled to another land and there he saw and spent time in company with a nightingale. The bird taught him music. I or you shall go home and tell everyone about this marvel and how their lives may be enriched, he said. But the bird said to him, now anyone who has learned our secret will have to suffer the incredulity of almost everyone. No one will believe you and you may even have to endure something worse. But the person took no notice. He returned home and said to his uh, friends, I can make music. But those people had never heard music. And so it sounded harsh, unpleasant, and, and raucous noise to their ears. Stop it, they cried. This deeply offends our aesthetic sense. This isn't art, this is brutality. And they asked him where he had acquired such a loathsome art so out of keeping with what they knew to be proper and enjoyable. In a far country, and what is more, I had it from a nightingale, a singing bird. They quickly hanged him, because even if there were nightingales, and everyone knew that all birds were imaginary, this music was obviously a nasty, obscene thing. But this is unfortunately a story not about us, but about people from the land of fools. So, what do you think that's about? I think people have to be ready before they accept something. And getting ready for us certain things requires a lot of time, a lot of effort before they come to a stage where they can appreciate uh, even a thing of beauty like music or, mm. or something else here. Mm. And, and forcing them before to appreciate it, we might, might not get the desired outcomes. Good, mm -hmm. that's a good. Mm -hmm. You? What's another way? Yes, Faisal. Uh, Sheikh, uh, yesterday uh, my daughter asked a question and uh, I got the answer now from this story actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I will uh, share the that question later, but I think there are many secrets even uh, in in, in, in Sufis and my, my previous teacher used to say that if you will disclose those uh, feelings, what you feel uh, in the zikr and other things, people either will not believe it or you will not be able to describe it or they will not accept it. So keep those secrets, keep uh, those feelings and enlightenment with, <laughs> with yourself. Do not share those things and do not try to put it in the words and those things. So yes, uh, I think in uh, this field also uh, in uh, Sufism and uh, a person goes through so many experiences, um, so many enlightenments, uh, which cannot be described in the words. And if you will try to describe those things, 
you will be hanged um, or prosecuted from the from the people who do not understand it that's right good so you have to you have to kind of take on a uh, assess the situation and the people around you as to what is mm. good a dog and in this way mm. it meaning that you have to know what is the capability and awareness of the people that I'm with. Mm, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and in Sufism, what we often say is, you can, you, that you wait for the question rather than telling people what's what. When someone asks a question, they are letting you know, letting you know what they are capable of understanding. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. if somebody asks you, so I, I hear there's this thing called Sufism. What is that? And then you have to assess, are they really interested in knowing the, the really deep answer? Or are they asking because they're just schmoozing? It's just kind of like, yeah, so, you know, what kind of car do you have? You know, uh, it's kind of like, do they really want to know? Or are they passing the time of day? Or if they want to know, what are they capable of understanding? Now, most people mm. I know have chief? no... Sorry? No, 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 please, please go ahead. Sorry. Most, most people I know have never heard of Sufism, unless they're from Pakistan. Uh, they have this weird idea. Of <laughs> uh, and and then and so there's pre pre-made uh, ideas about what it is, and then there's people who've never heard of it and have no idea what a spiritual life is, have never had religion. They're they're um, at either agnostics or atheists and trying to explain something that has to do with spirituality has no context. Or they have just dismissed all religious and spiritual things. So them asking you what a Sufism is kind of like, you know, they, there's, no, there's no boxes to put the information in. So how do you help them understand it? And this is kind of like a one-on-one -on -one kind of assessment. Generally, when I explain, well, it's kind of like Buddhism, because a lot of people I know, know what Buddhism is. So you know what Buddhism is? And I go, yeah, kind of. Okay, well, it's kind of like that. <laughs> uh, but if, and then you wait to see if they ask any further questions, in which case then you can go a little deeper. But generally, they don't want to go deep. They have no, there's no context. Sheikh, how, how to know uh, the, if the person is asking a serious question, question or as you said, is he is just uh, with, uh, spending, I, yeah. uh, spending his time? Sometimes I ask them, mm -hmm. how deep do you want to go with this? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, and they say, well, I, don't, I have no idea what it is. And you go, well, then we're at, <laughs> we're at you know, ground level. 
you know, we're not going to go any deeper than where we're standing right now. So it's mm. a way of becoming a human being. Then mm. mm. they go, if they ask, well, what does that mean? Then you can say, well, you know, there's the prophets and Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad and Moses and all of the prophets that I, you've heard about, that's what they were trying to do. Because that's contextual. Everybody knows who Moses was. They may not understand anything deeper than that, but they've heard of Moses, they've heard of Jesus. Maybe they've heard of Buddha. And you can say, these were prophets. That's what I'm calling a human being. We were larvae. We're not human beings. We have the potential to grow wings and fly. But those guys did it, and so we're trying to learn how to be like them. Um, makes sense, yeah. So, you know, and I try to explain very, you know, uh, over and over again, this is not a religion. Mm -hmm. This is a path, a spiritual practice. And this practice has been around as long and before religion. As a matter of fact, some people describe Sufism as the well, the underground river that all the other religions draw on and put their signs up as this is Judaism, this is Islam, and this is Christianity. But all of that water that they're drawing from, their well comes from Sufism. Mm. So these are different levels you can approach this at. Mm. I have another story. This on this, mm. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. this, this uh, definition was really good, actually, that uh, this is not a religion, actually. This is a way to become a human being, transform yourself to be a human being. Yeah, um, and everyone. And you, you can be any religion you can have, actually. But yeah, it doesn't matter about religion. Year. Religion is just mm. a way of organizing uh, how, how you want to pray and work together. Sometimes it's just a social club. So, you know, the last mm -hmm. thing that it should be is uh, compulsory. There's nothing compulsory about Islam, and there's nothing compulsory about Sufism. It's all about learning to make better choices. And as a matter of fact, mm. as we know, it's learning how to surrender. So mm. you can make all kinds of choices, but when you surrender, then you can be with the law. Here's another story. This one, this is the one I have here. This one is about fish. A fish is the worst source of information water. It does not know that water is there when it is present and only becomes agitated by its absence. Even when deprived of it, the fish does not know 
what his problem is, only that he feels bad, even desperate, maybe depressed. There is a fable about fish. They say that when a fish is scooped out of the water and lies gasping on the bank, he regards his misfortunes as stemming from anything and everything that he can think of. Sometimes he fights, sometimes he gives up. Sometimes he thinks that he should fight the trees, the grass, even the mud as the authors of his misfortunes. Perhaps he thinks it's bad luck. Perhaps he thinks he's, uh, he's cursed. But it is only by accident that he ever flips back into the water. And when he does, he thinks how clever he is. <laughs> Generally, however, he dies. Fish never see the net or know the hook. At best, they blame the worm on the hook, the ropes to which the net is attached. Oh, how sad to be a fish. How fortunate to be a human. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't act like a fish, huh? No, never. Yeah. But we always see yeah. everything. We know exactly what's happening. But shit, I think uh, most of us are are like fish. I think. Why? The thing is, just like us. For example, if someone says, "I'm I'm really feeling sad and down," actually. For example, if you are out of zikr, you will feel sad, you will feel down. When you are in, not in touch with Allah, you will always feel down and uh, you will actually like fish out of water. Yes. However, we never, we never reach to that uh, conclusion, like fish doesn't reach to conclusion. Right. Um, just as a, a, a point of reference, as Sufis, what we're trying to do is make the world a better place. We do that by working on ourselves and by being generous and thinking of other people before ourselves. In other words, trying to help others. And during this time of quarantine, this time of plagues and locusts and everything, I think it's important to be positive and to work to get out of our, our own little context and see that to help, our, even to help ourselves be connected to Allah, helping other people and being generous with our time and support. By helping other people, we help ourselves. This is called generosity of spirit. So part of our job is to find those things that help keep us positive, grounded, and connected, either through zikr or through generosity, through uh, helping other people and thinking of other people before ourselves. In other words, having good adab and being humble and, and showing humility, but being positive and, and giving what we can to support others and to be happy when other people are successful. 
helps us become successful and helps us help others. And that helps us stay positive and connected. Does that make sense? So generosity is kind of paying it forward in the sense of like, if you can be able to help another person at some point, somebody be able to help you. Keeps the circle going. The circle of life. Mm. Um, and, and I just want to talk a little bit about what, what it means in our practice to become a human being. And like I said, we have all the prophets and the saints from all time. Hi, Mui. Salam alaikum. Salam. Sorry. I'm um, just pulling down the car for everybody, so I should be able to be here for a few minutes. Sorry, I got uh, lost my laptop. Uh, no problem. So, so the idea of being being a human being, of working towards that, means understanding that other human beings have done this through the prophets and through the saints, through our peers and through our sheikhs. We're all trying to become a human being. And a human being is one who has the virtues of the prophets. Now, each of the prophets had something that they were working on that are examples for us. No matter who it was, if you look at them, you can learn something about being a human being. For example, uh, Job, Ayub, uh, had to learn patience and focus through as things were being taken away from him. Uh, we had uh, Jonah, who uh, was fingered by Allah to go into a specific city and give it the message of how to surrender, that that's an important thing. And he had seen what happened with the other prophets and he said, no, thank you. <laughs> and uh, he went and tried to run from Allah. And Allah, he, you know, there's stories that maybe he ended up in a, in a large boat or a fish or whatever it was that he, he was hiding away from, Allah kind of taps him on the shoulder and says, excuse me, Jonah, who's there? Uh, this is Allah. Where, where do you think you can go that you can hide from me? And, you know, once again, uh, the, the, the lesson here is Allah is everywhere. You can't hide from your heart. Your heart goes with you wherever you go. No heart, no life. <laughs> so Jonah realizes his error and goes ahead and takes his message to the people he was assigned to. This is learning surrender. No matter the prophet or the saint, each person has a unique journey to meet Allah. And basically it is learning what your attachments and habits are and beginning to diffuse them 
if you want to think of them as bombs. Uh, these bombs go off at the most unexpected time, these nefs. Nefs are attachments and sometimes we re react at, at moments that we don't expect to have a reaction. And these reactions can come very often from our family and loved ones because we think we're doing a good job. However, when you ask to be taught how to be a human being, Allah comes in and says, okay, let's do this. Let's learn how to be a human being. So here's your, here's your lesson for today. And very often it pops into your face and it's usually rather ugly. And this is when we go, we either find ourselves being defensive and saying, oh no, I'm not doing this. This is not, you're, it's you. It's your fault that you made me this way, and it's your fault that I make that I'm angry, kinds of things. And that's when, if you have a moment to reflect, and why reflection is so important. So you reflect on that and you go, oh, wait, that was me reacting and seeing myself in somebody else. Sorry, Shake, I've got to go. We've got to drive home. I just okay. thought I'd pop in and say hi. Salam alaikum. Alaikum as Hello, everybody. <laughs> Bye. 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 Sorry. Don't interrupt. Take care. So, uh, so these these lessons that we learn are important, and if we accept them and surrender to the idea that we are limited and that we have much to learn, then it becomes a matter of walking through the cave of attachments and learning how to disattach ourselves. And that's what becoming a human being is about. And it's all about connection and loving Allah and wanting to be with Allah. Questions? Any questions? <clears throat> okay, how did you understand what I said? Sheikh, you said um, always give chance to others, so keep uh, others should be prior than you, so I want to give chance to others so they can explain what did they understand. Hmm. Okay. Is that a question or are you, you saying that this is... You, what you no, no, <laughs> no, no, what I was saying, uh, you were asking a question that what did you understand? I mean, you were asking to everyone. So I thought I should give chance to others. Others should uh, answer your question and I should remain quiet because I'm continuously <laughs> answering yeah. and taking. It's okay. Go ahead and say what you, what you understand. Um, no, what, what I understood um, that, um, um, a few things that how to become a better human being, like uh, giving um, 
superiority to others actually and uh, sacrifice your time and sacrifice other things to uh, for for others and supporting others especially in this uh, tough time when people are in a in a tough situations yeah so that was my understanding and part of that is and this is probably hard for some people and that is learning how to listen with your heart mm, yeah yeah and main thing uh, what you were saying that uh, uh, maybe for from every prophet I, actually every person has its own way every saint every prophet has its own way and you learn a few things uh, you can learn actually a path from every prophet and you you can learn uh, and they were everyone dealt a different kind of challenges um yeah yes and they're actually good rukaya how did you understand that yeah i was just thinking like the more we give other people space to um say what they need and 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 do their things basically and not making it about us as much um that gives us a chance to be more internal than external so from my experience anyway it's kind of like when i have that chance to be internal i can then listen to my heart a bit more and be less about the outside me and more about the inside mm. and those connections and stuff and that kind of helps me a bit better Mm -hmm. um to to be connected to Allah and to help others in in those ways like the more you let other people tell you what they need or what they're experiencing and stuff the more you can help there's another part to that and that is healing can happen by allowing the person the time mm. and the energy and the and the ears of the heart to find out what they actually is is going on in them yeah you don't have to do anything except be active listen yeah 100% i know that it's it's interesting cuz um gary's a definite introvert and i'm more of an extrovert and for me to understand things i have to let them out and i've noticed that a lot <laughs> and he just processes it all in his head and i was like ah yeah okay now it's all making sense with what you were saying as well of like i'm talking about giving people space to to work things out whether it's like externally or internally mm. um rather than jumping in with all the information and all the solutions and and all the like all of all of that sort of stuff yeah um and, and this, this, just hold, and yeah. that that's tricky for a lot of us. Oh yeah. Who, who, when they hear somebody go, "Oh, I know exactly what you need," mm -hmm. and that is, we have to just stop that and go and let them figure it out for themselves. Because, as we know, we value the thing that we've worked out on our own. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it's my brain's just now clicking into business mode. It's the, a lot of the advertising that comes through is I have all the solutions for you. I've done this. I, 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 and I'm like, nope, turn off, turn off, get away from this thing. <laughs> it's not, 
it's not in me to to feel connected to someone who just says this is what I've done and it'll work for you like no but you don't know what what I where I'm at and what I need and and that's what we have to kind of that's where the battle is for me because it's like I've got to learn the other person before I could help them to get to where they need and know what they want and where they're trying to go. Right. Um, I can't be an influencer or one of those sort of people that says I have all the solutions because God help me. I don't even have the solutions for myself, let alone everyone else. <laughs> good. Very good. How about you? Yeah, sure. Um, I think in order to help others, uh, you should I think, help yourself first if, if that is something because you have to be in a certain state of confidence mm. before really you can even attempt to help other people it's more like on a plane when, when they give you those emergencies sort of a, uh, the video at the start mm-hmm. they say if you have a child with you first put your oxygen mask on yourself before helping others and uh, yeah um, I think the first person that you can probably try helping is yourself. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, and people, and people I've seen are attracted to those people which have figured it out and they'll ask more questions also. Yeah. Because of the feel you, you're, 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 a, you're a mess personally, which, which, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, they, they're not going to take your advice seriously. So, so you have to be at a level of stability and maturity that, that people even consider your advice. So. so you have to be in the boat already to be able to pull somebody out of the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. And, and also, I, I, I think going back to your initial discussion about Sufism and uh, and and the different sort of uh, fountains out of it, the religions and something. I, I think religions a lot of times are not serviced well by the semantics of how you say certain things, because uh, look, whosoever Allah or God or Ishwa, no matter how, it, it's, it's unimportant, right? But, but religions make that important. They objectify uh, certain, so, so, so the, my impression of Allah in my head is probably different than what God is, right? Because you have a certain degree objectified it and uh, sort of a make, made it a case, everybody has made it a case that they are two different sort of uh, beings. Right? So I think what religions probably get it wrong is in the semantics um, when they define certain things they objectify it and once you objectify it you sort of cast it in stone and then it becomes different from how others would classify the same thing that's one way to look at it yeah another way to look at it is that the inspired understanding of the original concept the the original experience of knowing a law has to be filtered through people and people's understanding and they can only understand at their capacity and their level so that no matter whatever that initial 
the attitude of understanding and of the divine that is within us and outside of us and everywhere, that everything that connects that connects us, that can only be understood at your level. So words begin to, to not work anymore because as it's translated into, into words and sentences and concepts, it's already lost its initial idea with that moment of understanding. Mm. Yeah. And, but it serves as a guide to where you can go if you can look behind the words, you know, between the lines. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. I was just saying, I was just thinking um, what you were saying about like, you can basically, you can feel more than you can express. And I was thinking about, you know, how they say that like Allah has all these attributes and basically the thing of like certain animals can, can express certain ones of them, but not all of them. And then he's given humans the capacity, not always the ability, but capacity to express them all. And it's like, <clears throat> whether I say it in my words or your words or someone else's words, it's only a part of that parcel. And what Joanne's saying about like, when you filter it down from the, the human experience to the human expression, um, you're only getting a snippet of it. You can't express the whole thing. True. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I'm feeling of just like, you could like, yeah. for me, religion is the outside box and the spiritual path is the inside of the box. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think that's, with every sort of, a, not even religions, every good poet, right? If you look at Shakespeare, uh, how you would have perceived him a couple of centuries earlier, would you have redefined what he meant based on mm. contemporary. Unfortunately, religions don't get that redefinition because the language of religion is basically addressing a certain, a language has its own limitations, right? Language is a very yeah. good expressions of uh, what you feel. And this is why most of the poets can't even write sort of a, their, their words from a logical perspective won't make sense, right? Because they are a very loose uh, sort of a use of uh, different uh, uh, modes of expression, yeah? Um, and and you, you have to give meaning to it, but but religions never get a redefinition of it, right? So so how you address a, a sort of a, a nomad living in the desert 14 centuries earlier, and what what linguistic expression you use for him? Not to say it's not beautiful; it's a very beautiful linguistic expression. Uh, but but you need to re re sort of invigorate and redefine that and unfortunately religion becomes very stagnant fortunately poets don't because you have a you can redefine what shakespeare meant two centuries after his death because uh, it's not religions but religions generally you know people get very sort of a fixed about it that's people yeah <laughs> people do that 
So uh, as I understand what you're saying, and it, it's really quite, really relevant, it's the difference between the experience and the expression. Very well said. Nicely yeah. done. Just came out nicely, didn't it? <laughs> good, Rukaya. Shukran, yeah. I just kind of like went, oh, this all makes sense now. And words will flow and express the thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think the problem with religion, along with a whole lot of other things, is sometimes it becomes a club yeah. of people who think, who want to think the same way. And then you get, and please forgive me, everybody, but sometimes there are, God police who want to tell you what's what's the best way and what's the right way mm -hmm. and in Islam there is no priest there is no mm -hmm. pope it's up to you to figure out what it means to you because it's about thinking and reflecting and finding love in your mm -hmm. heart for the divine and love in your family and love with each other that reflects the love of Allah towards us. And, and it's really hard to express that. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, I just personal experience of like having been brought up Catholic and this is the box you have to listen to the words and just take it as is versus coming into Islam and Sufism now and being like, this is part of the box. But what's your box? Like, what's your experience? Mm -hmm. And asking those questions. And I mean, alhamdulillah, being at a, a, a place where my brain and my heart can both understand that is amazing because when I was a kid, it's just like, yep, okay, words, cool. What about them? And there was no, like, there was nothing further. And that's why I found it really difficult to connect with that when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But that said, I had a lot of lot of issues connecting with life in general when I was younger, but luckily I've come out of that box. So that's good. And just all of it's making sense now. So really grateful to be in this space. Wonderful. Yeah. I just feel that um, really everything we've been talking about, yes, it is about our life experience, but I think to be truly human, one has to have an open and pure heart. And to have an open and pure heart so that people feel that they can trust you is what they're saying. Um, I, I think one's just got to be constantly aware of what it is that people are saying and how it's affecting oneself because that is your nafs. You know, I think the, the, the whole life experience is about... I think if one can become self-aware is just feeling all those things. Somebody says something and you go, oh my gosh, where did that come from? And just working through it. Um, and, um, and I think once that happens, then, you know, helping, it's not just helping humans, but it's helping all of God's creatures. You know, it could be a, a, a bird that's lost its wing or it could be a human or it could be whatever, you know. So I think one's got to be open-minded in this whole concept of, of help and charity and um, mm. all, all of those sort of aspects, you know. Um, and there's a lot of help that the world needs, quite honestly, I want to go back to something you said earlier, Yasmin, about how 
what you say and about your word. Because that, this also brings up a, a concept called Sufi chivalry. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah. Um, there, there's an Arabic word for it, like Fatuwa or something. Oh, is it Maktub? No. It's, yeah. um, what it is, is when you take everything away, what are you? And the only thing that's left after everything is your word. In other words, your honor, your truth. And that being, uh, and this is part of the, the reflection and self-reflection you're talking about, is that your, your word, and we say your word is your bond, but in this case, it means it's also honor. And to be an honorable person means that you can be trusted and that you can stick by what you say and that people can trust you in your word. And, you know, we're talking about the virtues, but this is kind of like going back to the very beginning of what it is to be a human being is to also be behind what you say and to understand that words have power and to recognize that what you say has meaning and uh, a, sometimes a life of their own, so that you have to be careful about what you say and that you, you are, your awareness to your words are part of who you are. Yeah, and, and I think mm -hmm. also it's the adab in how you say these words, you know, mm -hmm. um, because there's there's some people that I really admire because they're, they're, they're so much softness you know in in the way they say things even if it's um, something that that's critical but it's just that sweetness that comes up but yet they're direct you know um, and yeah I wish I could learn that <laughs> baby steps yeah <laughs> okay. Anything else anybody wants to say? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, just a little thing that popped up when you were talking, Yasmin, about the, the compassion and stuff, um, and especially with birds. <laughs> um, I <clears throat> So we've had a minor bird try and come into, I've got a little, the alfresco space outside. Um, and this minor bird just keeps coming in and I'm like, get away, get away, get out of my space sort of thing. Like, I don't want you here. This is not where you need to be. Go find a tree, do something else, be away from me. Um, and then Gary realized that he'd seen, so there's like, there's a, a post of, of brick and concrete that goes most of the way, but still has like a gap above it before the, the, the roof goes on. And Gaz had noticed that, um, this bird started nesting and I was like, yep. Okay, cool. It makes sense. It's a good little spot. Nice little nook for you sort of thing. And I kept just being, being like going out and getting the bird away and, and everything and scaring it off. And then he went to me, Hey, how about you not do that until we know that the birds have gone because he had started her eating chirping. So she's had babies. Uh -huh. And I was like, right. Yeah, it might be a space that I have ownership of in one form, but I need to share that with, with others, even if I don't always 
brain doesn't always want them to be there. <laughs> oh, bless. So I've kind of had you like, all right, bite the tongue, brain, shut up, <laughs> listen to the heart, listen to the message, supporting yeah. others. That reminds me of a story about Ahmed al-Rafai, who uh, was sitting, studying, and his robe was on the ground, and the cat had sat down on the robe. And instead of waking the cat up to get away, he cut around the cat <laughs> so he could get up and not disturb the cat. Oh, that's gorgeous. But Rakaya, what I was going to say to you is in, um, like in India, when you have little baby birds in your home, they actually say that's very good luck and it brings you a lot of good energy. So you need to know this. Alhamdulillah, thank you. That's beautiful. That's helping my brain to listen to my heart a lot more. <laughs> okay. Anything yeah. Else? Anything else you want to say, Faisal? Um, I think uh, I learned a very good thing. I was trying to figure out that thing, but while you asked me, Rukaya, Jawad, and you gave the context all around it, around the expression, and uh, I realized that. Um, Many times I have seen many people who, whose uh, language are not very good, but when they speak, it directly goes to your heart uh, through their uh, facial expressions, through their gestures, even through their silence. And uh, when I experienced uh, one person a couple of days ago, I was uh, interviewing her and my HR director was also there. And at the end of the interview, we both realized that she was talking very less, but we were understanding a lot, whatever. Uh, and sometimes we, we felt, we both felt that what the answer and what question we were saying to her, she was expressing in a way that we both were knew that she knew our question somehow beforehand. And we both, uh, after the meeting, we both uh, talked to each other, HR director and me, that it seems like that she knew our question. And then when I was thinking how she was doing it, then after today's discussion, because my mind was continuously thinking about it, I think I have, I'm getting that, that feeling how she was doing it but not sure that I can express it right now. But I know that what she was actually doing, maybe she was listening through her heart and she was connected to both of us at that point of time. Yeah, so that, that was a really great uh, understanding. I, f I feel that I have got the idea, but I'm not sure that how to express that idea. Yes, yeah, sometimes we get little bits of thread and so your job is to follow that thread and see if you can make it into a rope. Mm. 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 Thank you for being here today. Good to see everybody. 
Good to see you, everyone. Yes, Assalamu alaikum. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Barakatuhu. Okay. Bye bye. Salam. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi Center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.